Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Runners World podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking about 12 of the best race day tips and we're joined in this incredible endeavour by Kate Carter. So welcome Kate to the podcast. Welcome back. You're normally in the guise of science correspondent, but not today. Race aficionado today. Today I promise to bring no science whatsoever. (laughs) This is all hearsay and conjecture. So congratulations. So those interested in even more race day tips, there's 47 of them in the current issue of Runners World. We only give out race day tips in prime numbers. We had considered, I think, 97 as well, but it's too much work. That's too many to even to absorb. Could have been one, couldn't it? One's a prime number, I think. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run, yeah. Best of luck. Um, Is one of the tips figure out how many other prime numbers there are below a certain... Yeah. And soon you'll be at the end of your marathon. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we've we've got, I think, 12 of the best ones for you coming up. So lots to look forward to. Um... Bit of a news roundup. So the big half happened on the weekend. Sure did. Um, and Ailish McCorgan won in a new female course record, 67.35 for her. And Mo won in uh, 61.49. So, uh, yeah, some pretty good running. It's weird that our performances didn't make the main newsreel, did it? I can't yeah, we, believe it. we just missed out on the podium, didn't we? Just. Only yeah. just. Yeah. Only just. It was nice though, wasn't it? It was great to be back racing. It'd been a while for, for me. At years for me. <laughs> Literally years. Years and years and years. So it was uh, it was good. I've got a straight, I've got a, a race day tip off the bat. Whoa. I didn't take like the race bag with me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just went with the, the shirt on my back and that was it with no sort of like stuff to pick up at the end and didn't bother with any of that. And if you can, which is, you know, it was I live in London and the race is in London, so it kind of made it easy. But that was great. Did you have to carry anything that you wouldn't ideally have carried? I had, like, I took a little race belt and then had my phone in that, which I wouldn't normally have run with, but that's not a big deal. And then that just had my gels in it. Yeah. All two of them. So... That was that was the limit. and my keys, so I could get into my house. You also had an out of date, like a two year out of date gel. Didn't Did you? yeah, <laughs> and I'm still here. Well, you told it's just like you said to me. It's like space food. Yeah, this is one of the Morton gels, and it was like I was like, oh Ben, I'm quite jealous because I got quite into the Morton stuff. I just ran out, and I was like, oh, you couldn't bring a spare. And Ben was like, no, the only one I have is actually March twenty March March twenty twenty. It's a pandemic gel. <laughs> well, all the all the natural ingredients in those gels. Yeah. I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it's just overflowing with fruit, fruit, and uh, yeah, yeah. No, it was fine. I think that's what actually helped me finish. Yeah. Was it, it, it? I think it's it possibly fermented even to be even more powerful than yeah than it originally was. <laughs> it's actually, alcohol yeah. by the end. It's like <laughs> overproof Morton. Yeah. yeah. 
It's a it's a quick course though, isn't it? Like um, I remember thinking. I mean, there are aspects of the big half that are. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing, of course. But I think if you're looking for for a PB, yeah, it. it's actually really yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really decent. Um, so uh, for anyone bothered, I did actually manage to go under one thirty. Yes, I'm back. I'm I back. did not. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, yeah, it was it was as you say. It's a very fast course though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. So um, it made me think actually. I was chatting to um. Uh, club mate and uh, I said oh I don't think it's the best looking course and she was like but do you care does it actually matter and I was like well maybe like an urban half marathon do you ever do it because it's because it's like picturesque there were certain races I, I get that like the picturesque aspect is important but I was kind of thinking maybe maybe for most people is it about a PB and if, if it is then does it matter what the course looks like I throw it open to you well, if you're, and also if you're like in, I'm, I'm in serious racing, head yeah. down, yeah. tunnel vision mode, how much do you actually look, even if it is? Mm. Um, when I ran uh, Seville Marathon years ago, yeah. I ended up um, going back on a family holiday, like about, it must have been that summer. And every time we would walk around a corner and saw something really scenic, uh, my kids would be like, oh, was that on the course? I was like, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could not tell don't you. Know. Did Single you smell oranges thing. everywhere you went? <laughs> I don't know. I was running. Yeah. 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 I saw the back of the person in front of you. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. I was actually talking to, to a, a friend of uh, uh, the magazine and a friend of ours and another running journalist who people may know of called Nick Harris-Fry. And he was talking about his training runs. And Nick is the most diligent of all these sort of training in his ethos and his practice. And his training runs are the most boring. If you see them on Strava, he just runs along like an A road for, <laughs> for many, many, many miles. And we were talking about him trying to find slightly better routes because he's concerned about air pollution because he's literally just on these roads. But he he said he does not care what it looks like. He's just there to get those yeah, those right. miles done, which proves dividend because he's incredibly fast and does very, very well. But um, I couldn't do that. And I think that the racing, I can make a, I can obviously make comp compensation for like the aesthetic because you're racing and you're trying to go fast and there's always like an agenda with that sort of thing. And if it's an urban race, then yeah, that comes into play. But I don't think, yeah, I, I think if I was going to choose races going on, like obviously like a, a, a forest half marathon, I'd be like, yeah, of course, let me do that instead. I think for training, it is important, actually. What do you think? I quite like running in parks. I kind of make a sort of point of like running in a park rather than running like on a, an A road or anything like that. I think it depends. I don't know. For me, it would depend on what kind of run you're doing. An easy run, okay. like, you know, you're just supposed to do an hour easy run or whatever, then yes, because it really helps if you have a nice route that you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. It's a privilege to be able to do this. Yeah. If you're doing like intervals or something, then I probably would be taking the Nick view of like yep that, that, that stretch that would, of that's flat. A3 yeah, is excellent <laughs> yeah. actually in lockdown when when um when everything went really quiet I quite developed this weird like habit of running down the A3 <laughs> <laughs> oh I did a bit of this on the on the South Circular yeah, yeah it's amazing it was, yeah. but it was genuinely because actually if if you take away all the cars it's actually quite nice yeah. it's just a shame the road's there yeah yeah um but yeah the air pollution thing would start to Having written something about this oh, years yeah. ago for you, yeah. um, it would start to alarm me because it is amazing how much difference it makes even just being like, you know, sometimes on A roads, you've got like a pavement and then there's maybe like a sort of road that's to the side. Yeah. Um, even just being on that one, your levels of what you're being exposed to would be significantly less. So, Yeah, yeah it's much more local, isn't it? Than people realise actually. Like yeah, really being the, like the, how, the house side of a pavement's better than yeah. like... Um, oh, some other, some other news... Uh, Bob Graham round record went again. It did. 
madness that, isn't it? I thought the Killian thing would stand like the test of time. I think it's because it had the Killian brand stamped on it, totally. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everyone, yeah. And everyone knew about it happening. And then this one just sort of came out of nowhere. It's like slowly in the back. Well, I mean, out of nowhere for us. Yes, Non true. like fell tracking. Yeah, it turns out this guy, this guy like I think, I think he pronounced his name Jack, uh, Jack Kensel has been going around getting loads of FKTs in, in the States. Um, and, but yeah, he knocked half an hour off it. So it's quite like... Well, that's because he didn't wear a shirt, clearly. A- shirt, yeah. And he wore vapor flies at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did a little intake of breath when I saw that. Like, ooh, that's going to go down well. <laughs> so he's part of this um, uphill athlete. So this is the kind of training stable. I think Tom Evans is trained by the founder of it. Um, I'd like to get him on, actually, because... Obviously, like Tom did brilliantly at the UTM, became third. This guy's going around like just like hoovering up FKTs. Um, and I think they train in a way that's closer to sort of mountaineering type skills. So they're really, really big on like vertical gain and um, a lot of them are really good skiers as well. But I think it actually be really interesting to get a sense of like they when, they, when there's hilly races, are people actually training in a specific enough way? Or, is it, or do we just bring in kind of like our marathon training yeah. kind of head to what actually should be more like a mountaineering type training set because i think that's how these guys go about it well let's sort that out but for now let's Please just come put, on. put up with us yeah <laughs> come on, and hear some race day tips yeah <laughs> oh okay right so i start with number one um offered by sam murphy uh who is runner's world columnist and author of run your best marathon among other books and she says uh Race to tip number one, stop drinking in earnest an hour before the race. It's fine to take the odd sip after that if your mouth feels dry. But one of the issues with having a drink on tap right um, right until the last minute is that you tend to drink mindlessly. And by the time you're on the move, you're already wondering where the nearest portaloo would be. I think it's a really good tip because I think when it comes to hydration, people do think like, I, I just, you know, I need to be super, super hydrated on the day. Yeah. And actually, a lot of that work should be done in the days before. Yeah. And you're you're going to feel... Like the nervousness will and anticipation immediately dries the mouth and makes you feel like parched and yeah. and so you kind of get this misleading sense of oh I'm actually very dehydrated at this position yeah yeah I need to quash my thirst and all this but actually yeah I think that's that's uh, I mean of course it's great advice from Sam of course we we've come to expect it but I also think like in a shorter race like in an ultra or maybe even a marathon if you're not super obsessed on time like going to the toilet mid race isn't the end of the world. Yeah. But if it's a 10k, like it's really that's, that's the end of the PB, isn't it? If you have to go to the loo, like margins are not going to be that big. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. It's quite a big. It's even a half marathon. Like it's a big thing. Like to try to avoid. I think like the mid race yeah. loo stop. Yeah, I think anything like that. Because even just stopping, muscles tend to go. Oh, cool. Oh no, we're going again. Oh wait. Oh god, that was awful. Why have you stopped? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Great number one. Great start. Brilliant start. Practical. Brilliant. Useful true uh number two is from uh richard asquith never heard of him who's he uh he's, he's just he wrote a book called feet in the clouds no no nah. nah. anyway my kind of thing um waiting on the line in the moments just before the start i remind myself what a privilege it is to be a runner i'm healthy i remind myself i'm capable of running i'm relatively fit someone who has put on the race for me and circumstances haven't prevented me from getting there that's a lot more good fortune than many people get at least i can do is enjoy it it's good for that puts in perspective doesn't it richard Quite nice and holistic, that one. Yeah. Why? Some wisdom. I think I, I 
try to do a version of that, which is, you know, when you're standing at the start line, you're feeling really, really nervous. I always try to say to myself, oh, come on, get a grip. Like, <laughs> <laughs> literally no one cares except you. That's just just like, go and run. Like, that's the way more sort of like reality yeah. check one rather than his like quite nice sort of like global view of, yeah. of, of living. And he's like, this is actually your own fault. Yeah, you paid You've to be this. here. Get on with it. <laughs> I think on a, even on a kind of slightly more practical level, it's like we tend to concentrate on things that have gone wrong in a race, don't we? Like I was so unlucky that I got a stitch or whatever. And you don't think actually I was, the train was on time. I felt like a little bit of this with the big half. I was like the train was on time, managed, managed to get here to start. The weather is relatively good. Yeah. Those are things that have gone well, actually, yeah. that, that might not have gone well. But you kind of just think of like good things as being like neutral or default. And it's only the bad things. You're like, oh, I missed the water station. My God, you know. Yeah. What a chance it's so unlucky. So unlucky. Well, actually, it's all been pretty good up until that point. No, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, God, this is from me, the third one. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll read out your tip. <laughs> so, uh, tip from Rick. If you're running 26.2, embrace the positive split. There it is. Uh, while negative splits are an effective elite level racing strategy, the vast majority of us will run our best marathon via a slightly positive split. So going through halfway with a one to two minute time buffer allows for a little bit of late in the race slowing rather than asking your body to run the second half faster than the first. I think I'm right about this. I know it divides the crowd a little bit, but I do think like just putting it a minute, I'm not talking about like go through, you know, in your in your half marathon PB, but just a little bit up on what you want to run the marathon is i think it's just a more realistic strategy and it doesn't get enough press positive splits looked at i think too often as like oh god you went out too hard like a failure like almost. a failure yeah, yeah. yeah. negative yeah. splits are the sort of like i don't know the final frontier of marathon running and i just don't think it's practical for most amateur runners to actually run it that way and expect to get to actually get quicker as the race goes on i think i think there's a sort of a nice it it because obviously to, to actually do that correctly, you need to build that into the beginning of your training. So all of your work needs to be done in the in the premise that you're going to be a, like running the race in that way. Yeah, I think, yeah, you want to just decide on the day. Yeah, sure. Because yeah. if you go like, oh, I'm actually just going to, you know, like, because what that does is then that really allows you to consider the first half of the race, the harder, the, the, the harder bit. Do you see what I mean? So kind of psychologically, I've, I think that that positive split is actually quite a good thing. Like I'm going to maybe run the first half harder or a little bit faster than i would have thought of but um, what i'm doing is i'm allowing myself that buffer a little buffer yeah and i think yeah. that then obviously you train to be faster than the second half do you know what i mean you can kind of give yourself yeah, a bit more saying, wiggle yeah. room yeah obviously if it collapses completely then the, i mean but, it could be yeah. taken too far can't it but like yeah, yeah i'm gonna give myself nine like 20 minutes of buffer <laughs> <laughs> just to ease out that last half of the road but but i just think i mean we were talking about this after the big half and you said like after halfway you felt like it was starting to slip and it's very easy when it starts to slip to like... Oh, it wasn't a slip. To yeah. just let it slide let completely it slide. away. Yeah, it <laughs> slid rapidly and with no barriers whatsoever. But if, yeah. you, if you say in a marathon, say you, say you give yourself something to, to defend, you know, say you, you get 20 miles in, you're still on target or you've got a minute to defend. But psychologically, that's so much easier to like, to sort of muster some effort if yeah. you're like, actually, rather than, I need to be, I need to be actually be a little bit quicker here to actually make my time. I think that's way less um likely that you actually do it it's kind of counterintuitively it might actually help you stay more steady as well because you're if you get to that point and you're like you know i am finding this really tough because you are human you just <laughs> yeah, run 20 yeah, miles yeah. um you kind of maybe if you think well okay it doesn't matter if my next split is slightly slower, slightly slower and you relax you you yeah, probably yeah. end up running better you might even go like, oh hang on i can do this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. agree yeah yeah totally oh there's nothing that the being able to relax makes 
I mean, I don't know if that's on the list. Oh, it, it could be, Ben. It could be. Make me lucky number 13. <laughs> but, but telling yourself to relax during the race is... Uh, because you realise that you're not. Yes, yeah, for sure. All the time. Shoulders, shoulders are up around your ears somewhere. You've, you've had a bad hill and you've gone too hard and your heart rate's soaring and you're suddenly like, oh my God, this has gone, I've gone too hard. And you go relax and you go, oh, I should just relax. This yeah, is, yeah, this is yeah. just running. This is okay. It's, it's okay. This is all right. Yeah. Um, oh, look, a real expert here. Um, Sabrina Vergi, record-breaking ultra runner and author of Where There's a Hill. She says, um, 10 minutes before the race, re- redo your shoelaces. Uh, sometimes laces become a bit loose, so I always try to remember to give mine a final tie to get them to just the right tension. Um, I also think embrace the triple knot. I don't think enough people do a triple knot. Like double knots do come undone, but the triple knot, the triple knot never comes undone. <laughs> <laughs> and you lose nothing. With, you, you lose nothing with a triple knot. You know, it's, it's like do a triple knot, do a quadruple knot if you want, Ben. I don't mind. What if you? But the only danger, the only danger is what if you suddenly get something in your shoe mid-race <laughs> yeah. and you've got to try and get that shoe off as quickly as possible what and you're was faced that with 20 a, minute gap you've got a, a stone in your shoe and you've got a triple knot to get through yeah that that's true but i think the, the, ch- the relative chances of, of a double knot becoming undone or getting a stone in your shoe of a triple knot i think any still, statisticians out there who know some <laughs> some true life facts yeah no i think that's a good one that's definitely a good one that's a good one all right great um oh wait a sec this next one is from kate carter running coach and sub three hour marathon runner and just add it Guinness world record holder <laughs> fastest, panda. fastest panda out there um, when we get nervous before a race we tend to think quite negatively remembering all the phantom niggles and dwelling on the things that haven't got con- haven't gone quite right in training try to instead remember the positives write down three things that have gone well whether it's good training session working on nutrition strategy that works for you or just something really enjoyable or just some of the really enjoyable runs that you've done uh, then you'll have positive things to carry into the race which is very good because it kind of you know harks back to what Rick was saying that we look at the negatives and treat the positives as a default rather than the sort of like the benchmark that we should be aspiring to yeah and i know it's terrible cliche and everything but it's like you you've you've done the journey you know you've done you've done all the homework basically and now you're sitting this little exam which may or may not go according to plan but basically you should be going i got to this start line this is amazing i've done all this training i've done you know if it's a marathon you could you know slog through this really horrible long run to where it's like kind of you know drizzling and cold and the wind is like in your face on your circular route the entire time against all logic um and you were knackered from work and you haven't tapered you forgot your job i mean you've done all that you should be going i you know i I kind of rock to get here yeah yeah absolutely like you've made especially if it's your first like that's you've just you've you've gone probably beyond any distance you've ever done before and you've achieved things already that are like huge significance in terms of your physical capabilities and all that sort of stuff so i just think that yeah kind of the race day is the end of the whole thing yeah yeah and like the whole celebration yeah Yeah. exactly so painful celebration of all you've done (laughs) really terrible and if you remember like the kind of the time where I don't know, it's even like sometimes it's just, oh, do you remember that time when you did the 20 mile, your first ever 20 mile and at about 17, you were so close to quitting and you didn't. And then you get to like mile, I don't know, 23 in the marathon and that, that little thought is just there and you head, well, I didn't quit then. Yeah. And this is the one where I need to really like use yeah. that. And it just kind of comes back to you like, okay, yeah, like I've got a, a positive thing to think of rather than just, I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <just> awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I doing this? <laughs> 
a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, so here is a quote from Nick Anderson. Um, uh, uh, However great you feel on the day, run at the pace you have trained for. Um, After building into the pace, lock into the kilometer or mile splits that become familiar to you from your race pace training sessions. I mean, that's just that thing where like, you know, at the start of a race, you feel great because you've rested. You should feel great. You know, yes, marathon pace should feel easy because you've only done one mile of it. And now you have to do another 25 miles of it. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I like the idea that I've definitely like wrongly diagnosed myself as being fitter than I am on race day. So I'd be like, I know I was going for this, but actually, no, I'm going to go for like this time. That's way more like. And I think that's I think Nick's right. And it's actually god just you've got to think about future you <laughs> that's all you, that's all it is that, that, what's future, that, you, that, gonna that's say, future yeah. you in the race where you go you're an idiot yeah, yeah. why the hell did you do that is this where i can mention that this is way more common with men than women yeah yeah 100 yeah. for oh, sure the ego yeah. yeah well this is why women are better pacers than men in those all those studies and stuff it's not obviously they're not overall faster but they are better at even pacing because they tend not to do precisely that and just suddenly this summer they've got like a you know actually you know what i was going to go for like 145 but i think i'll go for a 790 I'm going with the pacer. yeah 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 <laughs> feels yeah, great yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. my training was okay but today i feel i feel great really really good <laughs> i'm always underestimating myself <laughs> no more there we go men particularly stick to your pace right number seven we're over halfway now it's halfway point is it going um, to be a positive split or a negative split well, <laughs> <laughs> this one's from uh, Andy Dixon our um, esteemed editor-in-chief at Runners World um, 
During a marathon, I try to minimise any unnecessary energy expenditure in the first half. This means not dodging and weaving to make up time if it's crowded in the first few miles. Trying to maintain a, as consistent a pace as possible, not jumping over curbs, running the tangents at sharp corners so as not to slow down by hugging them too tightly. Trying to follow the painted racing line if possible and trying to plan my move early when approaching water stations. Often avoiding the first part where everybody tends to crowd in. I think that's really good um, really good advice, particularly something like London or Berlin or any of the majors. It's like the first, maybe even up to the first 10 miles, it's very, very busy, isn't it? And you can be like, oh my God, like, um, and it, can, it can be a real stress actually. Being a pacer is a big stress as well because it's like, I've got to try and run even splits and actually I feel like I'm dodging around people. And I, one year, I think I ended up running quite close to 27 miles. It was like, <laughs> it went a lot further than I needed to. And I think it, it stresses you out as well, which is sort of the least, the last thing you want in the early miles of marathon is to be like, it actually kind of goes back to the previous point, isn't it? That actually, if it forces you to start slightly slower than you're were planning to, that is actually a good thing. And I, I mean, I've certainly done, yeah, like the big ones where you start and you feel like you're going really, really slowly because yeah. you're kind of like surrounded by a person in front of you. It's kind of, but actually, when you look at your split, you're like, oh, that was actually exactly what I should have run. Because you're in a herd of people all doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's that sort of people don't, it's kind of like a death by a thousand cuts. That's that's yes. how yes. that sort of mentality of moving around too much kicks in because you don't think about it. You really, really don't when you're there's a cur- you know a corner's coming up and you kind of oh I'll just I'm just up the, get around that person that s- small surge of like extra speed just to nip round or do that. But you do that a hundred times. Yeah, mile twenty, is. you're like oh wow I'm yeah. wow I'm like so tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's a good one. Uh, the next one is from Jacob Allen, who is a uh, Jacob Allen, who is a sore team athlete. Um, during my time running at University of San Francisco, I was able to work with a sports psychologist and found a strategy uh, suggested to keep me in pos- uh, keep me positive in races. Really useful. Uh, whenever negative thoughts or self doubt creep in, I have three buzzwords lined up that help me to relax and get me back in the moment. Your buzzwords should be personal and. Uh, I'll keep you guessing on his thing. Oh. He's going to keep us guessing. All right, Jake. Yeah, oh, I haven't slept since reading this. My God. Uh, it's like a, man- it's a mantra, isn't it? It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, um... But three words, buzzwords is quite good, isn't it? Like, I guess so, yeah. Rather than like a sentence. It, it limits your sort of like having to remember like dialogue. <laughs> well, um, uh, uh, Steve Way, who, you know, yeah, yeah, ran yeah. in the uh, Commonwealth Games and did really well comrades and stuff. He he's got a three word mantra, but I'm not if, I, if I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> I think we need to know what it is, Kate. Uh, his is don't be shit. I like um, that. Oh yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Which does actually, if you, I've used that before, if you just like has a kind of real kind of yeah, it did lead to a really embarrassing uh, sort of thing once. I he was running in London Marathon and he was obviously in the elite field, and I got to the the big switchback on the highway where like yeah the the mass are at kind of 12 miles or so and the elites are at like 22 miles or something Um, and he went past and I've I've met him a few times and so as he went past I I yelled really loudly as I was running don't be shit everyone around me looked at me like it's a bit judgy (laughs) I mean come on he's 10 miles ahead of you wow no 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 it wasn't she's giving the elites a hard time wow yeah yeah (laughs) That's very good. I yeah. like that. I'm going to start showing that people that I don't know. Yeah. But you're, you're right though, Ben, on like, if you say like when you're not, right, it's probably easy to pick too complicated or too verbose a sort of, you know, 
it's like some sort of sentence you think you can remember at mile 20 some sort of favorite quote but it's actually three words is probably a bit more realistic isn't it It'd be like i can remember that i i do i have run tall okay yeah so like instructive sort instructive of stuff, stuff because yeah. i find that 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 fixes any of my like tension and also posture and like things where like if I feel oh, I feel really sluggish or I'm like this is, seems to have dropped off and I go it's because I'm kind of like collapsing in on myself <laughs> so it's like oh stand up there we go and you kind of feel like oh maybe I've just given myself a bit more forward propulsion a bit more motion of yeah, just being like yeah. upwards so that's I guess there's sort of two different kinds isn't there that's like one where you're actually giving yourself almost like a form tip a, a yeah. thing and then there's ones that are just like actually functioning as blocking out yeah. bad thoughts yeah. um and I guess like I mean Paula Radcliffe famously used to count and that the purpose of that was not that it achieved anything in itself but it's just it yeah. blocks out your ability to kind of have really negative thoughts of I can't do this it's yeah. too fast um and then you just keep going just keep counting yeah. I tried that count because she it was counted to 100 didn't she yeah. it's really hard it's quite hard <laughs> and I think she was like she would run a, a mile or something every 100 but I was like oh. <laughs> about 800 meters <laughs> well also I would always get to about 57 and then somehow be like oh 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 hang on I better start again yeah. <laughs> apparently I can't count when yeah <laughs> if you go past a mile marker though and you're like 49 58 small 12 oh oh gotta start again oh damn it <laughs> okay uh, right. Um, this is from James Elson, who is the race director of Centurion Running. Make sure you run your own race and not somebody else's. Keeping to your plan and ignoring others around you who might be going off faster than seems sustainable is the key to food and water staying down and to your best performance overall. I guess in a, someone from an ultra running background yeah. like that, that's even like more important sure. because like if you're literally having to kind of eat and drink and worry, manage all that as well. The yeah. last thing you want to be doing is suddenly running, you know, oh, oh he's looking good. I'm going to latch on with him. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, even following people in races, you have no idea. I did this on the weekend and I, we seem to sort of like sit similar. We were kind of like, our pace seemed to be quite similar. But I had no idea. I have no idea what his race ambition is, yes. and he doesn't. And so, kind of like I was following him for a bit, and we just sort of naturally were running. But after a while, I went, I can't. I shouldn't. I'm actually following him now. Yeah. And like every move he was making, like if he wanted to move, I was like, I've got to keep up with this guy. And I was like, What am I doing? I don't need to follow this guy. No, it's just it I just. Didn't, I didn't know this guy. I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I was looking out for his shoes and his hat yeah, as he yeah. went off, and I was just like. I'm going to catch this guy. I was like, no, you don't stop yeah. it. Could be just sort of like, because we were, I was in proximity of him long enough that yeah. we kind of started technically running with each other. Yeah. Then it became sort of a thing that like any, any gap that developed was like, had to be shut down or like, you know, Oh, I've overtaken him on the hill. Excellent. And then it was be like, stop it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, so, it's so easy. I did the same thing. And then there was a relay at the, at the big half as well. And I was like, this, this guy was, was, just a bit fitter than I was and going a bit quicker than I could maintain and I was like trying to like sort of keep up and that's like the relay section of the handover tunnel I was like if this guy's actually doing a relay <laughs> this is like you know, he could easily be doing a relay there's loads of people doing a relay he, he turned out he wasn't he was just like a bit quicker a bit, bit better than me but I was like you know it's, it, that 
that would have served me right to sort of actually, it was like, kind of, it's kind of like outsourcing your race strategy to someone else, isn't it? Like, I'll just follow you, you know. But I think often I, I think we we just don't think to have a conversation. I'm like, okay, so maybe you don't have the lung capacity, but like have a word with somebody. If you find yourself next to someone and go, are you aiming for this? Great, let's work together. And then it suddenly becomes a working together rather than a rivalry. Um, although I've been in that position. So I did the Manchester Marathon um, earlier this year as a relay. So it was just uh, me and one other person doing half. And there was a guy I did the first half and there was a guy who sat on my shoulder for like about the first eight miles or something and then he kind of I, I really felt like saying to him I mean if this is your race for the whole pace for the whole thing then that's great I'll happily kind of be your pacer but I think you should know <laughs> when I I'm get out there out. I'm yeah. stopping <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then as we got to like the I never quite I kind of managed to say that but um as we got to the bit where you could see the the relay kind of going off to the right I said I kind of he I kind of drifted over to the right and he followed me yeah. and at that point I was like I had to say, uh, you, you need to go that way. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> but aren't you pacing me through this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lovely idea having a chat in the race, but really. <laughs> right. Uh, here's a nice practical one from Howard Calvert, who is an ultra marathoner and hey, working with Runners World on a fairly regular basis recently. Um, he says, take breakfast with you. If you're staying at a hotel or a friend's house, they might not have your usual pre-race breakfast to so bring your own to ensure you can eat the same pre-race fuel your body is used to. Uh, so I think that's pretty good actually because um, maybe you don't consider that kind of thing and it's, you know, getting the wrong breakfast can have awful repercussions over a marathon. Well, it's two things, twofold, isn't it? There's dietary issues and then there's the psychological thing whereas if you've trained and you've got used to having your bowl of porridge first thing before you go out and you know that you've got a slow release energy coming your way, then you're all set. But if you suddenly go, oh, sorry, all you've got is a bowl of Rice Krispies. First of all, Rice Krispies do not fill you up. And secondly, you're just like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. I've got loads of milk now or something. And you, anyway, so. There was an extreme of this. I saw at somebody uh, when I was doing Berlin one year, um, checking in to the, the flight to Berlin from I don't know, Heathrow or whatever. And there was, you could see, like, you could look around. You're like, oh, yeah, they're doing Berlin. They're all sort of, yeah. Uh, no, they bought their own Vitamix mixing machine thingy through hand luggage. I mean, those things have got blades that you could grind rocks with. So it was quite impressive. But also, like, I think they do have smoothies in Germany, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> they have discovered commitment. that. That's yeah. huge commitment. Yeah. Um, don't do that. That's yeah. not number 11. No. <laughs> I, don't remember the, I don't remember the elites I spoke to about it. In the course of events when speaking to, to, to two different elites, both of them um, talked about having the situation where they didn't have the breakfast that they wanted. So they had plain cooked rice with jam right. so there's, your, there's there's a default for anyone from an elite point of view that's just pure carbs i think that's quite common if you go and do races in japan yeah, yeah. definitely one of them was yeah. Yeah, yeah you just get the rice and put some jam on it and you're, you're all set it's like a rice pudding kind of like a rice pudding sort of isn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so there you go if you're ever in need yeah <laughs> yeah rice and jam rice and jam <laughs> uh okay here we go uh we're on number 11 and this is from Tom Craggs, who is the road running uh, manager for England Athletics and actually Kate's coach, most importantly. <laughs> he's our guru, <laughs> isn't he, Tom? Main job. And, he's, he's and, our main, and our main <laughs> columnist in the coach section. Currently working on a little jingle for him, so keep... keep no way. Yeah, he's going to have his oh own jingle. Oh my God, he's broken the guitar out again, everyone. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, ensure you're primed for performance by practicing a pre-race warm-up and routine in your training, which you can repeat on race day. This should include physical exercises like low-intensity running, drills and strides uh, completed in a specific order, but may also include some mental processes and mantras, specific music, or even particular warm-up kit that you like to wear. Performance priming through repeatable mental and physical routines can set you up to deliver when the gun goes. Done that, Kate? Um, I suppose it's part of the same kind of process, isn't it, as having the same breakfast. It's like your your routine, your ritual that kind of comforts you. You're doing what you're supposed to do, that you're getting your nutrition on board and then you're getting your muscles warmed up. And it's all just part of that kind of taking away stress by wor- worrying that you might have done something wrong. Or yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I'm actually thinking prime for performance by practicing a pre-race warm-up is now my new mantra. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Remember that one. All, all those P's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, have you have you have you gone to the extent of like taking like a resistance band to the start of a race? Have you ever got that far into I've done it? it on, I've done it on, on ultra actually. Yeah. Um, I think particularly if you um if you drive to your race and it's like often it's like maybe like you know a few hours. I feel like just t- like sort of switching on a few muscles actually, like particularly with like, like resistance band or like the uh, the gluteus medius. Maybe. Let's go with that. Um, I think yeah, it's good. I I guess. I've never taken one to the point where I've got to carry it in the race. So I always try and get rid of it before dumping the bag. I've seen people using them as well, like for a track race, because yeah, you've got like a, you know you're going to have a little a space yeah, that you yeah, can yeah. use it and a bag that you can leave. And yeah, yeah, I saw some people at the start of the race doing, it and they obviously then put it in their kit bag to drop off. And I was like, yeah, I can see how that can, because you know I was rolling around in the grass trying to activate muscles before the race just you know as you do now that you know aged gets the best of us and uh so yeah i was trying to sort of like as you engage things which had lain dormant for yeah. for a while so yeah i can i, I was sort of like oh I, th- I think that's possibly it's not too much i think particularly for shorter races maybe everything from a half downwards like definitely doing some running before you set off I think is key Otherwise, it can be a real shocker for your body do you ever do that like especially with the intensity stuff would you I mean even for say up, up to a half marathon maybe would you say you have your, your set pace for the race would you go and do a warm up above just before like a few minutes of, above that race pace just to sort of like strides I would probably. yeah yes yeah so just to sort of make the body go alright well I'm not going to rerun in that fast but it's good to sort of like yeah. elevate it's always hard when you're doing a big race though because you always have to be in that pen a little bit earlier and you kind of you you, you always feel a little bit like well I've done my warm up and I'm just going to go and stand there for like yeah, yeah, yeah. half an hour yeah. um, but it's probably better than sitting isn't my it my race tip which I did this weekend is just be really late <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to run to the start line oh, wait for a me. rolling start yeah. yeah you run to the rolling start which is what I did and then didn't realise I'd cro- didn't realise I'd crossed the start line and and then just had to keep going so I was like alright I'm going now this is fine so away I went but yeah so that's one way of getting warmed up is panic no don't do that no one do, no one do that be well prepared arrive on time and take your time it's the, the final well not the final yeah, it is amazing how much time you can uh, like just eat up doing this stuff isn't it yeah. you know you've arrived at like a London marathon or something two and a half hours before it starts and I'm like what, the, what on earth am I going to do and then suddenly it's like wait it's 10 minutes where did that time go yeah yeah and why am I now late I yeah. gave myself all this time yeah, yeah exactly um, uh, so I think this is uh, my my turn again so this is from um, Courtney DeWalter ultra runner all round awesome uh, 
winner of many epic races. Um, and uh, her tip is, when race day arrives, it's time to celebrate. Hey, this is this is great. This is like I was saying earlier. Yeah, I agree with the one of the greatest ultra runners ever. Um, you worked hard to prepare for this day. You are ready. Don't overthink it. Enjoy the simplicity of running. Smile when it's hard and just keep moving your feet. Your brain is incredibly powerful. So there are ever moments where you doubt yourself during a race, pick a positive mantra and put it on repeat. I usually go with, this is fine. You're fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> I love a, that. That's a really it's good one. It's a good one. It's got that slight verge of it really yeah. isn't. <laughs> this is fine. Yeah. Everything is fine. Yeah. 180 miles to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's all good. fine. Yeah. And there's just fire in the back of your mind and yeah. everything's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, she's amazing. She? And I think it has that kind of like, like amazing positivity in these races which probably if you're racing 200 miles a year is even more important yeah but I kind of like the fact that it's all it's not too like it's to me anything that's a bit too whoop whoop is it just uh, kind of because I'm too cynical just makes me a bit annoyed this is fine it's great because it's not like this is awesome oh my god this you're so amazing to be here and everything is so great and you're like it's not actually there's got to be a slice of reality to like this is hard but I'm okay Yeah. yeah So that's, yeah, well, well, uh, well I mean, if, if it works for Courtney. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I'll get an ult- enter an ultra then. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, armed with this knowledge. <laughs> armed with this knowledge. I will yeah. run until no one else can yeah. keep up with me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there are more race day tips in Runner's World. Um, there are 35 more, I believe, for maths. I think there's 35 more than this. Um, <laughs> so that's reason enough. To, that's reason enough to pick up the magazine, isn't it? Um, and if you've got race tips of your own that we've missed, please let us know. Podcast at runnersworld.co.uk. Um, that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Kate Carter, and to you, of course, for listening. Um, you can subscribe to three issues of Runners World for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash runnersworldpodcast to get this exclusive listener offer. Please do subscribe to the podcast. It is available on all major listening platforms. You'll know this already because you're listening. But just in case, iTunes, Spotify, all the rest of them, um, go check them out. Uh, and thank you for listening. You'll hear from us next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, 
you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.